welcome to another episode of Adding Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Serena Dot Ryan. This episode is pretty special, like all the episodes, really. <laughs> More than anything, this one is about tackling one of the biggest challenges I have. I'm thinking there may be others out there like me who also struggle at this time. The time I am referring to is the holiday season, Christmas. It's more than just Christmas. I want to stress that. And particularly if anyone out there doesn't celebrate Christmas, I think you'll still relate to this episode as well. Coming in towards the end of the year, it is a challenge. There are end of year celebration parties, there are gatherings, gift giving is a tradition here in Australia at this time of year, whether it is for Christmas or as a thank you, it is a big deal. And for me, it's a big deal on a couple of levels. It is tackling the challenge of who to give gifts to, how much they are of value and budgeting for it. When in essence, I have purely been so focused in the last 12 months paying down debt, I hadn't or have not been overly focused on saving for Christmas and this period of gift giving. This episode is about me going through those challenges and doing it for the very first time without a credit card. A credit card has been my safety net every year. And in previous episodes, I've also talked about how I've come to terms with acknowledging that since the age of 18, I've been treating a credit card like my own money. And it's largely been a part of my undoing financially as well. When you use credit as if it's your own money and get used to doing that, it is a challenge to break the habit. I'm thankful that I'm making headway in getting rid of credit cards and that unnecessary debt. I love the fact that now I can say to you that in 12 months of being focused on paying down debt and not using credit cards, I've been able to pay $10,600.69 off credit cards and cut up two credit cards. I have one left and I'm on track to get rid of it in 2020. I am being disciplined in that for the first time since I've tried to get rid of debt, and I've tried many times in many ways, I'm not refinancing and consolidating debt or trying to earn more money to pay off debt. I'm intentionally using what I have and being more creative with what I have to get rid of debt. And what I mean is I am not going out of my way to work longer hours to get the income to get rid of debt faster. I'm acknowledging that I need to have a life as well along the way. My family is a big reason for the lifestyle I choose and it is a little unconventional 
in that I run my own business and I have been doing so for the last five years. The challenges that do come with running your own business as well is often cash flow and the ability to pay yourself. The interesting thing over the last 12 months is that I have found ways to not only be consistent with paying myself and not just paying myself a wage, but paying myself super and intentionally staying to that income and not trying to earn more. See, something I don't talk about too much, and it's not the focus of this podcast, is that my financial challenges have not just been personal finance, they've also been on the business front. But in saying that, because I have focused on being very disciplined in my finance personally, the business is thriving. Something I have done, or I did it in the early days of the business, was that the business got off to a wonderful start five years ago and had a great cash injection through having clients and being set up really well and low overheads. I would drain the business really quickly of income. A hard but important lesson I've learned is that when the business is doing well, you reinvest in the business and you keep money in the business rather than take it out. That is something that I'm doing now. And the exciting thing is, is that the business is doing well and I'm doing well personally by enabling myself to have a wage and being disciplined enough to not give myself a pay rise. Instead, invest in the business growth and invest in it doing well and treating it with respect, much the same as a plant like a beautiful tree in my backyard that we bought nearly two years ago now. I consistently water it, look after it, enjoy its flowers, and I very rarely take flowers off the tree. Instead, I enjoy them in the backyard when I go out there. Having the approach to take care of it and not take from it has been a wonderful approach to have with the business. How I'm also being able to do well personally as well. So getting back to it, the purpose of this podcast episode today is to talk about a really challenging time for me and that is coming into Christmas without a credit card and to feel like I am not going to have a dead hangover. And all of these things connect. No, I'm not giving myself a Christmas bonus this year. The business is ticking along nicely my reward is that I get paid and I'm thankful and grateful for my wage. I am determined to not use a credit card this Christmas. Some key things I've put in place to make sure that that is a reality that I will continue and the resolve I will continue with is one, first and foremost, recording this podcast episode because you listening to this podcast are my accountability buddies. And I sincerely appreciate it. I know because I have committed to you, I'm not using a credit card. I'm committing to myself at the same time by publicly sharing, I am not using a credit card this Christmas. And this episode is about me sharing with you some of the strategies I'm putting in place to ensure that I'm still going to have an incredible Christmas. I'm not going to be the Grinch or the Scrooge, whichever one you can relate to, but rather, I am here 
to enjoy Christmas with my family and feel that I will not go without and neither will anyone in my family. I come from a large family. Think my big fat Greek wedding. Lots of cousins, second cousins, third cousins, and joyous times over the Christmas period. With these large family gatherings also come the consideration of potentially lots of gifts. One of the best things that actually helps our entire family is that we do Kris Kringle. And if you're not familiar with what Kris Kringle is, it is the practice of being able to buy one gift for one person in a large family, and then we all exchange gifts at the same time. Everyone gets a really nice gift because you're not buying 20, 30, 40, even 50 gifts for everybody. Instead, you put all your budget into one gift for one person. And to help it be an equalizer, because as you can appreciate in big families, there can be people with different budgets. It is set at $20 for your gift. Keeps it simple, keeps it easy. It's amazing how much you can do with that. I love the joy. I actually get a lot of joy out of selecting a gift that's personal. Going out and getting to understand the person you're buying the gift for. You might use social media to see what they're posting about, what they like. You might talk to people that are spending every day with them. Or you might even you know, just give them a call and have a chat and see what they're talking about. You kind of go on a bit of a fishing expedition. You really want to understand them a bit more. At least I do. I'm not the kind of person just go, okay, I've got $20 to spend. Where's the $20 table at the bargain store and get them a gift? I really want to get something with purpose that would mean something to them. And it's fun. I like the joy in giving something that's personalized. And that's a beautiful thing for me. And I like to think that it's also for the person receiving the gift. If you don't already do it, it's worth having an open conversation with people in your family to say, hey, would you like to do a Kris Kringle? And Kris Kringles can also turn into a funny thing as well. If you don't want to take it too serious and set some guidelines around it. Uh, as you can appreciate, we go to more than one family gathering and in another family gathering, buying these gifts one year what we did we made it comical like yes you can go down the lines of a fart machine and <laughs> uh, you know, a clown costume was also given as a gift there's all kinds of things you can do I still think it's about you setting the boundaries before the day and the budget before the day to make it easier on everybody Something I'm learning, the more I am open about talking about money, it's like I give people permission. I create the space for them to talk about it as well. And I found when I start to talk to well, not just anyone, everyone, but my, especially my family, everyone has their challenges with budget. And if we can give each other the support and space to go, it's okay to do a Kris Kringle rather than having to buy every single family member a present, really value that the presence together is a present in itself. Kris Kringle, I believe, is something that really helps with budget, but it alone is not the only strategy that I have when it comes to Christmas. 
getting presents for the kids. This is something I've been working on over 12 months in a variety of ways. In the last 12 months, we've had three garage sales and this has worked at a double benefit. We've been able to get rid of clutter in the house, which is a good thing, but we've also been able to sell things, not at huge values, but enough to accumulate nearly $1,000, which is money that can be put aside and has been put aside to be able to buy gifts, particularly for Christmas. For our kids, I also have a tradition of being able to go to the local shopping centre and get tags off a Christmas tree and buy gifts for other children. And I like our children to be able to do that as well, to be reminded there are other kids out there not necessarily getting a Christmas like they're privileged to have. And then there's the opportunity. Our grocery shop every week has been contributing to us being able to buy gifts this year. I wouldn't say I'm a big advocate of loyalty programs that are often connected to things like credit cards or buying things, but it does make sense if you're really clear and disciplined about what you are buying. If you're able to gain points because of your normal spending habits, then it's worth it. And having a conversation with my mum, she mentioned to me that she has a flybys card and likes to get the flybys points. But she was disappointed about the fact that she couldn't always make the most of the offers that she was given. And I'm like, what do you mean? Can you explain this to me? She said, well, I get a weekly email from Flybys that tells me of offers such as if for three weeks in a row I spend $200 on the grocery shop, I'll get an extra 10,000 points. I'm not exactly sure what the relationship is for points to dollars. But, you know, it could be maybe a 1,000 points to $10. You don't actually get money back in your hand, but you've got the ability to spend that money at certain locations, such as Target or Kmart, where there's a lot of options on what you can buy there, including clothing and toys. And, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, my toaster died. And I was able to replace the toaster and kettle using those points by buying a brand new toaster and kettle at Target. And it's kind of funny, the toaster died, but I'd been putting up with a kettle with a broken handle for three months. To be clear, there was no exposed wires, but I was adamant I didn't want to waste money on the kettle. But when the toaster died as well, I relented and got the toaster and the kettle. It's not that I want to live completely uncomfortably, but I thought I could live with it all up until that point. I digress. The value of flybys. We now have that many points. Mum was letting me know that we've equated to nearly $500 to be able to spend. And the way how it has worked is that mum wasn't able to take care of or take advantage of these special offers because her doing the grocery shopping for just her and dad didn't hit that threshold. And I love the fact that she wasn't just shopping to hit the threshold to get the bonus points. She realized if we actually pulled our shopping together, that me shopping for a family of four and her shopping for mum and dad, we could hit that threshold. And it varied depending on the special offers. Sometimes it's less than, you know, maybe $160 shop. We'd pick the right 
special offers that would work in line with our budget. And that's how over 12 months, we've got enough money to do the special food shopping and to buy some gifts as well. And what I'd like to point out in sharing this is not that you have to take advantage of loyalty programs, but if you are going to do it, look at your normal habits and how your normal shopping habits could earn you those extra specials rather than just doing it to be able to get a special offer. Do it so you're making the most of what you're already doing. Now, I'm excited because those two things are giving us the opportunity to have a wonderful Christmas already. Also something that was highlighted for me when we did the garage sales and reduced the clutter in our home was to consider how many things do we really need? Do we really need to be buying more things, more toys that would clutter the house, especially toys? Then instead, what are other things we could be getting as gifts? They may not be lasting around as a physical thing. And I would say that that's necessarily a bad thing because we don't need to keep filling our places up with clutter. It's something I highly value is quality time with family. And the quality time with family leads me to look at experiences. And even looking at the Flybys website, we can redeem the points online as well. Last Christmas, we got these special two-for-one passes to go to the Sydney Aquarium. This year, I haven't gone through and had a look too closely yet, but I'm going to look for similar special offers like that. One of my sons especially is really into animals and any kind of animal experiences I can see as being a great alternative to buying lots of toys as well. Getting the balance right and helping our creativity with money to be able to give us the experiences and the time and opportunities and choices we want is what I am looking at as a new approach this year. I'd say each year I'm trying to be thoughtful, but this year it is a focused way of doing it more deeply than I've ever done before. I truly want to make the most of it so that it's not just feeling like I'm getting through Christmas without a credit card that this Christmas is the best Christmas possible, regardless of income, regardless of budget. And this means I'm putting more planning and time and effort and energy into this. I open up for you to let me know, are there any creative ways that you are getting through the Christmas period? I'd love to know. I'd love to share them on this podcast. I am excited. I'm excited about the potential of being able to have an incredible Christmas full of amazing experiences that don't cost us our debt reduction. I'm so focused and dedicated on ensuring that what we have is a new way of living, to be fully alive without having debt holding us back in any way. Christmas should be a time of celebration without the worry of money. And I have had that hanging over me like a shadow pretty much my entire adult life by not planning for and truly embracing Christmas without feeling like I have to spend a lot of money. This is a new thing. 
And I know dealing with the unknown can be scary, but I choose to continue to reframe that and say it's exciting. And this podcast helps me to focus on the exciting.